Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Thanks for tuning into Alaska Watch. We've got a special treat today. Today, I thought that I would review uh, the recent release, recently released book, uh, Devolution, by Max Brooks. <clears throat> I got a copy uh, in the mail the other day, and uh, I pretty much zipped through it. It's not, I'm, you know, it's probably about a three hundred and plus page book, so uh, it took me a couple of days to read it, but. I think I got through it pretty quick, and uh, I thought, man, <clears throat> it'd be nice to uh, to let other people know about it. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, mainstream Bigfoot Sasquatch media out there, so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about it on the show. Um, just uh, some house cleaning stuff. What I'm going to do, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about uh, the book uh, for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to give a kind of a spoiler-free review, and then after that, I'm going to go, I'm going to go into uh, pretty spoiler-heavy territory, but I'll, I'll give you a warning before I go into the spoilers, so uh, just uh, be prepared, probably uh, here in about 10 or 15 minutes, uh, you might just want to turn the podcast off and um, not listen to it until after you've had a chance to read the book, maybe save it for a rainy day after you've read the book, and uh, see what... Uh, you know, if we thought uh, some of the same things about some of the some of the fates of the characters, and um, also in that spoiler review that I'm going to give, I'm going to give my predictions for the movie. Uh, it's been picked up by Legendary Studios to they're going to make a movie about it, or a movie adaption, I guess. And um, while I was reading through. The book, I kind of had that in the back of my mind. I didn't actually, as I was reading the book, I didn't know they were going to make the movie. And I kind of was thinking about it in the back of my mind. Like, if they make the movie, what's going to make it into the movie and what's not? So, <clears throat> just uh, keep that in mind that when I give my spoiler-filled uh, review, I am going to give some predictions for the movie. I think that would, that's going to be a fun thing to do. Uh, see what uh, what happens. What, what I predict... Uh, comes true or not so anyway um, let me uh, take a little break here I'm gonna get a drink and uh, clear my throat a little bit I <clears throat> that's funny I wasn't having problems before I started recording and um, we'll get into the uh, we'll get into the book review all right so <clears throat> the book is written by Max Brooks who I didn't know until recently is the son of Mel Brooks of Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles fame uh, that was uh, pretty cool, I thought. I had no idea. I didn't know that uh, the son of Mel Brooks had written World War Z. And then, uh, full disclosure, I've never read World War Z, nor have I seen the movie, although I do follow enough um, media, I guess, to know that the book and the movie have really nothing to do with each other. Um, I know that that's not really the movie isn't really an adaption of the book, so, uh, <clears throat> with that in mind, I'm curious to see what they do with this one. Um, 
I'm going to give some pros and cons of the book. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I like you uh, may not like and some of the things that uh, you like I might not like because we all have different tastes. We all have different um, likes and dislikes. So, you know, I kind of, I like, you know, action, adventure. I like Rambo movies and stuff. Some people may not be like that. Some people may like, uh, you know, romantic comedies and stuff. So just keep that in mind. Just because I don't like something or do like something doesn't mean uh, we'll have the same opinion on it. So that's why I kind of think reviews are, mm, you know, they're kind of hit or miss. You kind of got to find somebody that has the same pro thought process as, as you and kind of go by what they say if you want a, you know, a good, accurate review uh, because people may not, uh, you know, have the same taste as you. So anyway, <clears throat> I got the book. I actually pre-ordered it through Amazon. As soon as I heard about the book uh, coming out, I had pre-ordered it. And actually, um, they have, you know, this isn't a commercial for Amazon. I just, I thought it was really cool the way it worked out since I had pre-ordered it. And I pre-ordered it like months and months ago. And um, I'd kind of forgotten about it, actually. And uh, since I pre-ordered it, I got it at like the cheapest price that it was available for while I was on pre-order. And I ended up getting the book for like 11 bucks, which I thought was really cool because um, I think if you buy it now, it's it might be going for 16 or something. And I think the cover price is like 28 or something for the new hardback. So um, I thought I got a really good deal on it for, um, you know, especially uh, since it's the hardback edition, first edition, I thought it was pretty cool. Not that I'm really like a book collector or anything like that, but I thought it was kind of cool to uh, to get it at that price anyway, because I'm cheap. So anyway, let's get into the review. So some pros, uh, some things that I, a thing I liked about the book, something I thought was really cool, uh, was, well, I mean, the premise. I mean, a town, a, a remote town uh, being terrorized by Sasquatch. Hmm, where have we heard that before? <laughs> if you guys uh, know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Port Chatham. And um, I actually tweeted uh, Max Brooks the other day <clears throat> on, on the Twitter, and I asked him if he'd ever heard about Port Chatham. And uh, he hasn't replied to my tweet. Um, I don't know. I don't know that he even really does Twitter. He might have a uh, his agent or somebody doing it for him. I don't know. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to... Uh, to pick his brain and see if he has heard of that uh, in his research because uh, I'm pretty sure he did uh, some research for this book. Just some of the things that he talks about, some of the things he mentions makes me think that he did uh, do a little bit of research uh, into Bigfoot and Sasquatch before he sat down and wrote the book. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, as I was reading the, the description of the book, uh, I, I couldn't help but think of Port Chatham. Um, this, this might be the closest we ever get to a, uh, a Port Chatham movie when they adapt this book. So, um, anyway, that I, I had to have the book uh, just based on that, basically. Just based on that premise. I had to get it and check it out. So, that was one of the pros. Uh, one of the cons, <clears throat> and I'm not alone in this. I actually went through and read some of the Amazon reviews of the book before I sat down to record this, just to kind of, just to see what other people were saying and to see if my thoughts and feelings on the book were kind of lining up with some other people. 
And uh, they were. I saw several reviews that mentioned this. And this is probably my biggest con with the book. This is my the, the biggest thing I didn't like about the book was it has a really slow intro. I mean, it takes a while for things to get going. Um, I don't think... I don't. I don't think this is too spoilerish. Uh, basically, no Bigfoot show up until over halfway through the book, and a lot of the intro is just setting up the characters, setting up the town. Uh, you know, the book takes place in this special uh, high tech. It's called Green Loop uh, Community, <clears throat> and it's not really even a community. It's like a cul-de-sac. It's like six houses, I think. And um, it's supposed to be like a prototype uh, community and everything is, you know, they, they um, get their power from uh, solar power. You know, they like recycle their, their heat is through like uh, uh, their like methane through their sewer, you know, like they recycle their poop for heat. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's supposed to be pretty much a self-sufficient green community. And... Um, they spend a, a lot of time introducing you to that concept and that fact and how it works. I really think and, uh, that they could probably cut about 100 pages out of this book. And it would be pretty much the exact same book. Uh, they really spent, um, as much time as I've spent talking about it, uh, they spend a lot more time <laughs> uh, writing about it in the book. Uh, is how the community works and how the community is laid out. And there's even like a map in the beginning of the book that kind of shows you how the community is laid out and how isolated it is. So that, in my opinion, was probably one of the biggest cons of the book. Um, I was really excited about the book. I really wanted to read the book. I got the book. I tore into it. And I never, I never considered putting the book down and not finishing it. But there were a few times where I was like, good Lord, I'm, can, I, can I jump ahead? Like, how far can I jump ahead and not, you know, like, be lost? Because there was a lot of setup. A lot. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> that was pretty annoying. It, it, it almost ruined the book for me. It was, it was pretty bad. But uh, that being said, you know, the book really... It's kind of like a fine wine. It gets better with age. Um, as you progress, the book gets better. As things happen and start building, it, the book does get a lot better. Um, so, yeah, if you can make it through the slow intro, <clears throat> you will be rewarded. Um, I really enjoyed probably the last, I don't know, 40, 50 pages. I thought they were great. Uh, but getting there was a kind of uphill struggle. Uh, you know, and you can look at it like this too. Like that's, that's kind of a good thing because I've read some books that had great intros, great middles, and then just kind of just tanked at the end. Uh, you know, there's Stephen King, in my opinion, he's a great writer for writing intros in the middle but he has a really hard time sticking the ending, in my opinion, sticking the landing. He really uh, kind of peters out at the ending of a lot of his books. 
And, um, you know, I've read several of his books where I just thought, holy cow, this might be the greatest book I've ever read. And then at the ending, I was just like, that was crap. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's my opinion. But uh, I just, you know, I almost feel like he should hire somebody else to finish his books for him. I don't know. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's got a bunch of half-finished books sitting around and he just, hey, finish this for me. <laughs> uh, because his books uh, can really kind of peter out toward the end. This book was the opposite. It petered out in the beginning and got really good toward the end. Um, the book is it's written uh, a little differently than your standard uh, narrative. Uh, it's actually told. Uh, it's by the time the book starts, everything is done with. It's finished. It's over, and you're going back and you're reading um, the notes and journal that have been put together uh, by the author who is researching this incident that happened in Greenloop. <clears throat> so it's not a conventional book uh, told, you know, through a story. It's kind of like, if you've ever read Dracula, it's kind of like that. You know how Dracula was just a combination of everyone's journals? It's kind of like that. So, you know, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, however, you know, like I said, it did take a while to get going. Uh, there was some problems for me relating to a lot of the characters and um you know i mean that's that was a problem that i had uh you know the problems were that most of the characters in the book were uh city slicker snowflake you know millennial types who <clears throat> you know had no business being in the woods uh but that being said if you know like this if this book had if the this had taken place anywhere else, it wouldn't have been a book. Like it would have been like 10 pages. It would have been like the Bigfoot showed up and everybody in town got their guns and it, the end. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, that's not what happens because these people, that's where the, the adversity of the story comes in. These people are not prepared. Uh, they're in a modern community. Uh, you know, they don't have any weapons. They don't really even have any tools. And the, adversity that they have to face is not being prepared uh they're not prepared you know in a, from a survival standpoint and they're not prepared for a um you know to defend their community so <clears throat> there's a lot of um time in the book spent setting that up it's they're setting up like why they don't have weapons why they don't have tools uh you know this is a prototype community they order their groceries, uh, you know, and once a week they get a drone order. Uh, you know, a drone lands on a helipad and it has everybody's groceries on it and they go get their groceries. And so when uh, Mount Rainier erupts, they get cut off from all their supplies. So now not only do they have to worry about survival, like where are they going to get their food? They have to worry about... Uh, you know, these animals that are, are coming into the town and starting to look for food, uh, including the Sasquatches. So that was, you know, they, they spent a lot of time setting that up. They spent a lot of time explaining why they didn't have these things. I felt probably they could have spent a little less time on that. Definitely that was one of my cons, was the slow build. Um, <clears throat> although I thought the concept was awesome. It was just a slow build. 
and I had a hard time relating to the characters just because they they're not my people you know they're not you know they weren't they're not uh, people who are interested in the outdoors or anything like that so I had a hard time relating to some of the characters um, you know the main character it's her journal that we're reading uh, she's a female she suffers from um, oh, what's it called she suffers from uh, social anxiety and there's a lot of time in the book spent on that where she's talking about how she felt during certain situations with interactions with the com members of the community and I kind of felt like some of that was um, a little excessive although by the end of the book you know there is some character development that occurs and you know some things change in that regard uh, but that felt like they spent a lot of time setting it up and writing about her interactions and her anxiety about her interactions uh, so yeah that was that was one of the points of the book that I would probably put under a con was just um, you know I had a heart and that was a personal problem with me I had a problem relating to some of the characters um, I really enjoyed their portrayal of the Sasquatch um, it's just I, I don't think this is a spoiler uh, it's just a, a North American ape. There's no, you know, there's no uh, woo. Uh, although it's touched on very, very briefly, there there is a conversation about uh, like Oma, the guardian of the forest, or whatever. Uh, but it's not even it's not even in relation to the Sasquatches. It's like during a meditation ceremony or something. Uh, so yeah, there's a. I really enjoyed that. I liked how they talked about uh the dynamics of the troop of of sasquatch uh they kind of got into <clears throat> there's like i said the book is told through different interviews and uh journals and there's some interviews with um like a park ranger and she kind of explains basically how the behavior that's uh, witnessed by some of the characters kind of relates to great ape behavior and how they have their uh, family dynamics and groups and you know how they have they'll have an alpha and they'll have you know more submissive ones and how when they feed and and it was it was really you know like I said he's done some research on some stuff and it's uh, it's pretty cool uh, it's a lot of cool stuff in there about how the Bigfoots could act and how they could, uh, you know, if they are indeed just a undiscovered North American ape, how they could uh, could could be. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, he definitely did some research into that. Uh, he, uh, I think he he basically, I think he made a conscious choice not to get too far in the woods in that. Um, you know, there's some things that are brought up like wood knocks uh, and some other stuff uh, but they don't get too deep in the woods on it I mean they're there they address it and then it's gone they don't spend a whole lot of time like you could probably write a book about wood knocks and they don't they just kind of okay well you know yeah they they probably do this and this is probably what it is and then they kind of give you a scenario in the book where something like that happens and it it's like, yeah, okay, well, that probably was a challenge, you know. They probably should not have answered to Woodnox. So, yeah, stuff like that happens. Um, 
and it's very brief and it's very quick and you know they don't spend a lot of time on it uh, they do spend like I said they do spend a lot of time on the social dynamics and interactions and stuff like that of the community and a lot of the the meaty Bigfoot stuff the stuff that I was there for you know the stuff that the Bigfoot people were there for it's there but it's fleeting it's very quick you know it's like okay um, bam you know this is this is what they're eating or this is what they this is how they kill things and this is you know, like, this is what they do to communicate. Bam! You know, it's there and it's gone. Uh, and then we got to read, you know, 10 or 15 pages about how she was embarrassed to ask her neighbor for a cup of sugar or something. So, <laughs> uh, so take that for what it's worth. Um, I do, if you're into Bigfoot, if you're listening to this show, you should probably read the book. Um, like I said, it's a slow burn to get there. But man, the last, like... 30, 40 pages are awesome. It's, it's a good, if you like action and um, adventure and Bigfoot, the last like 50 pages of this book are probably for you. So I, like I said, I can't recommend the book to everybody. There are some really slow intros, really slow parts in it. Uh, but once it gets going, man, it gets going. I had a blast after I got, after I was halfway through the book, I was having a blast reading it. Um, so <clears throat> take that for what it's worth. Uh, maybe you don't want to, maybe this review will make you decide not to buy the book. Maybe you want to check it out at your library or uh, rent it. Uh, maybe I think you can rent it maybe on Kindle or something. But uh, yeah, take that for what it's worth. I, for one, I'm actually happy to have it in my library. I'm going to put it on my bookshelf. I'm going to keep it there. That's not something I'm going to recycle or get rid of. So uh, I'm going to hang on to it, and I look forward to uh, seeing the movie when it comes out. And I think that is going to end my spoiler-free review of the book. So if you guys want, um, you know, you guys can follow me on Facebook, on the Alaska Watch Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter, at the Alaska Watch Twitter. And you can also find me on the Kenai Bigfoot Research Group Facebook page. You can email us at alaskwatch at gmail.com. And uh, I want you guys to uh, let me know what you thought about the book. Uh, send me a comment or an email and uh, tell me what you thought. And uh, I am going to start my spoiler-filled diatribe here in uh, just a few seconds. I'm going to give you a few seconds to turn off the podcast right now. And then I'm going to go into spoiler territory so uh, I'm going to pick it up here in about 20 seconds. So if you want to turn it off now, go ahead and then uh, hopefully you listen to it after you read the book. Guys, hopefully you've uh, had a chance to turn it off. If you don't want to listen, this is the spoiler-filled section of the podcast. Again, lots of spoilers uh, past this point. So if you haven't read the book, don't listen to this. Or if you just don't care about spoilers, you can go ahead and listen. <clears throat> I'm terrible at avoiding spoilers unless it's something that I'm really... I have to work to not get spoiled on things and then half the time when I try not to get spoiled on something it gets spoiled by accident so um, anyway I wanted to go into 
some things um, in the book that I really thought uh, were kind of cool and kind of annoying. Um, as far as the, well, let's just say this. I really enjoyed the ending of the book. Like I said, I liked like the last like 50 pages or whatever it was, basically where they get into the big battle with the Sasquatches. Like this is it. This is, you know, like their final stand. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then at the very end, and like I said, this book was written through, you're reading it through other people's words. So, you know, it's like written through the main character's journal and the people are being interviewed about the main character and about what happened there. And so I knew starting out, I knew like we weren't going to find out what happened to the main character from the main character because I figured, you know, it says early in the book that her body was never found. The main character's body was never found and that they thought maybe she might still be out there. So I, I was pretty sure like, we're not going to know what happens to her. It's, it's going to, you know, it's going to end and it's going to, somebody else is going to pick it up and kind of take it from there because she's, you know, we don't know what happened to her. And, you know, that was pretty accurate. That's pretty much what happened. Uh, you know, she did get a little bit of a, of a coda there at the end where we did, you know, we know that her and another character make it basically they survived the final battle, but then we don't find out what happens to them after the final battle. Once the town gets uh, discovered, you know, her and the other character are gone. And we basically get, <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was kind of interesting. It was almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. They basically give us uh, three scenarios in which, you know, well, this is probably what happened. Uh, you know, she got, uh, you know, the, the surviving Sasquatches uh, regrouped and, and come back and got her. Um, they tried to hike out and they died somewhere in the woods or they, um, went, they went out, uh, in search of the rest of the surviving Sasquatch to kill them all. And I think, I think that was maybe, I think it was the three center. They might've gave a fourth one. I don't remember. Oh, they were, um, they were about to pop out of the woods somewhere and they might actually be somewhere in a hospital, you know, dehydrated and weak and, you know. They might, uh, they might turn up any day now. And I thought those were, uh, you know, I thought those were some pretty good choices. Um, and they kind of left it up to, up to the reader to basically decide what they thought happened. I personally, I, in my mind, I had something in mind that was, I thought, man, I bet this is what's going to happen. And <clears throat> this is, this is my ending. This is my, this is the fifth choice, I guess. Um, I thought what would happen is it's, she would take out the alpha and that once she took out the alpha, the other Sasquatches would basically, uh, bow to her and she would become the new alpha and she was out there leading the troop. <laughs> Although that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't, you know, I don't know why she would choose to do that, but kind of in my mind, that's what I was thinking that would happen is she would end up taken over the troop and she was out there somewhere, you know, being in charge. She was the new matriarch of the of the Sasquatch, but you know, they, they never offered that up as an option. So I'm assuming that's probably 
uh, not a choice. It's not really, that's not one of the things that happened. But in my mind, I kind of thought that might be where it was going towards because they kind of talked about uh, the alpha and how she was in charge. It was actually an alpha female that was in charge of the troops. So I was thinking it was going to go that way. But they never, they never quite got there. <clears throat> And, you know, there were a lot of characters. I keep saying you know a lot. I'm trying to get away from that. There were a lot of characters in the book uh, that I just, I didn't really care for. And I think, I, I try to wonder, did the author, you know, set the characters up to kind of be unlikable just because, you know, they were going to die anyway? Because pretty much, every, I'm, you know, pretty much everybody in the book dies. Um, so I just wonder sometimes if he was just setting them up, you know, he didn't want us to care about him that much. Uh, the guy that actually founded the town, he starts off really you know, in your face, like kind of Elon Musk type guy. He's, you know, he's rich and this is his idea and he's the leader. And um, he has a few moments where he's like, this is what we're going to do. And this is, you know, they're, they're going to come for us and, it's not our problem. We don't have to worry about it because the emergency services are on the job. And he kind of gives his little spiel about how they're going to get rescued. And everybody is just like, oh, thank God he's our leader. <laughs> and uh, then pretty quick after that, basically, he just goes into a downward spiral. And he's pretty much absent the rest of the book uh, until he shows up kind of towards the end. He's just been holed up in his house, uh, basically just vegging out and uh, in a state of shock, I guess, that this has happened to the town. So, it, it, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, something we used to talk about when I was in the military. Because, <clears throat> you know, er, during the, in the book, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, this guy, he's a, he's a born leader. He's, you know, he's a man. And everybody kind of looks to him uh, for guidance and stuff. And, and, you know, he ends up being probably the fucking least prepared person there for any kind of adversity. <clears throat> and it reminded me of something we used to talk about in the military where these guys that you thought would be like super soldiers, you know, when you went out in the field or when you deployed, when you went out and and uh, got into the field, you know, you thought these guys would be great and they were always like a, just ate up, just soup sandwiches. And then the guys that you thought would be screw-ups were always you know, pretty squared away. So it, it was kind of, it made me think of that uh, parallel while I was reading the book, how this guy was supposed to be, you know, their great leader and how he kind of ended up being, well, <laughs> a, a shit sandwich. So that was pretty funny. And then, you know, you have the character that is basically the Mr. Miyagi. Uh, she's an old lady who had uh, survived some, some Eastern European, was it Yugoslav, not Yugoslavia, Bosnia. She, she had been in like Bosnia, Herzegovina during some kind of like ethnic cleansing or something. And she's an old lady now. And she is the one that kind of, uh, basically says, Hey, you know, we gotta, we gotta prepare for some, for some bad stuff here. And she starts urging them to grow food and make weapons and, uh, hunt to survive and then you've got a bunch of, you know, vegetarians and snowflakes who are like, I can't, I can't eat a rabbit. <laughs> so that some of the books, uh, some of the parts of the book like that kind of made me chuckle. Just seeing these characters put in such uncomfortable situations 
uh, to where they had to survive. It's like, what do you what do you mean? I got to get my hands dirty, you know, to survive. So there were there were some pretty funny moments in the book like that. But as the reader, it was kind of hard for me to care about some of those characters and care about what happened to them, just because, you know, some of the, in my opinion, a lot of them weren't very likable. But like I said, it was, um, you know, they, they left it open for, for sequels, basically, because uh, I said, you know, you don't really know what happened to the main character. So they could easily um, come back with a sequel where they write about what happened to her. <clears throat> um, and it was interesting how this book, if it centers around the eruption of Rainier, uh, and it sounds like, Everything north of Rainier, you know, uh, Tacoma and Seattle were basically just in chaos. Like there was no order. There were riots. People were starving. People, you know, couldn't get food. It was it was just mass pandemonium and chaos. And you could have written, they could have written a book just about that. Just about the eruption of Mount Rainier and how people were dealing with that and everything else. And all this stuff is going on kind of in the background. Uh, every now and then they're going out to their cars and they're listening to the news and kind of hearing what's going on in the outside world. And there's stuff, you know, they're talking about stuff that could be its own book. <laughs> and we're, you know, we're in green loop with these guys uh, who are dealing with their own problems. Uh, but the, the world... Uh, outside of there is going to shit as well and it could have been very well been its own book uh, there were several things that were mentioned that I was kind of like oh I want to know more about that uh, there was uh, reports of uh, you know they're listening to the news on their car radios and there's reports of uh, of uh, a sniper on I think it's I-90 or one of the main um, interstates the, to get into uh, the, like the Seattle area and uh, basically, like a lot of the the National Guard and the people that are coming in trying to help uh, are getting shot at, and they, they can't, it delays a lot of the rescue efforts because uh, some crazy guy or woman is shooting at people on the interstate. And, you know, it's, it's just barely, it's mentioned a couple of times, but it's never expanded upon. I think at one point they're like, okay, they, they got the sniper and... You know, they can get helping through the interstate now. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, why Why were they doing that? What was the story with that? And you know, it's never alluded to again. So it's kind of, you know, there's a there's a lot of other stories that could be told just out of this book. So I, I, <laughs> I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. So I think, uh, I think I'm going to call it good there, talking about the book. I don't think I got, other than the fate of the, the main character there, I don't think I got too much into the spoiler territory. Um, one one kind of gripe I did have a little bit, <clears throat> they didn't give a really, really good description of the Sasquatches. Um, other, I mean, they were just, you know, hairy, big, tall, hairy people. They didn't go into a real detailed description of, like, the faces or anything. I, I kind of got the... Um, I kind of got the feeling that they were uh, kind of modeled after Patty, maybe a little bit. Um, but it, again, at one point in the book, um, one of the characters kind of uh, poo-poos the Patterson-Gimlin film. And uh, there's a line in there. It's kind of a throwaway line. 
where they say, yeah, the guy went out into the woods to to film a, a movie about Bigfoot and actually found one, What Are the Odds, or something like that. And I read that, and I'm like, motherfucker, he was in there for 20 days. Like, you know, most people don't know that about the Patterson-Gimlin film. And I was kind of, I found myself, like, bristling, and I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. So, <clears throat> but it was, again, you know, I don't know if the author feels that way or if that was just how that character felt about it. Um, so... I, I got the impression that they were modeled after Patty. Um, you know, they did mention basically the conical type head that looked like a football helmet. You know, no neck to speak of. So, anyway, uh, I kind of wanted to get away from the book a little bit. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the upcoming movie. And honestly, I mean, they, they just, I think they just sold the movie rights, like, as the book came out. Or at least they they just announced the movie deal. So they haven't announced any cast, any release date, anything like that. So probably by the time, probably by the time the movie comes out, we'll have forgotten about this podcast. So <laughs> this is going to be, be a neat little uh, time capsule to come back to, and uh, maybe I'll re uh, resubmit it, reissue it when the movie comes out if I can remember, if I still have the the, the audio laying around somewhere. And because uh, what I want to do is I kind of want to make some. I want to make some predictions for the movie because I was reading the book and I kind of, as I was reading through the book, I was thinking about how I was like, they're not going to, they're not going to allow that in the movie or they're not going to let, you know, that's not going to work well in the movie. So I want to, I want to get into my predictions for the movie here. So I'm going to put on my Karnak the Magnificent hat here. <clears throat> so I, I predict I'm thinking they are not going to have as many female Sasquatches in the movie as they did in the book. And I'm going to go as far as say, I do not think the alpha of the Sasquatches is going to be female because I, I think I'm, I'm betting they're probably, they're going to shoot for a PG 13 movie to get all the kids in there that want to watch a monster movie. You're not going to have a lot of large, very pendulous breasts swinging around. So that's my prediction for that. You're not going to see, you might see a couple of female Bigfoot, but you're not going to see them very much and very long. And um, I think they're just going to allude to the females being there. And it's going to be the males um, that we're probably only going to see really from the waist up, or they're just going to have a, um, a uh, blank spot between your legs or, fur, you know, it's going to be extra fur there. So you can't see what's there. Uh, in the book, she actually uh, mentions how you can see their privates and she can tell the males are the males because they have a scrotum hanging down. So I'm betting uh, we are not going to see a lot of furry breasts swinging about in the Devolution movie. That's one of my predictions. My other prediction, which I, I actually come up with this before I finished the book, and it was pretty spot on with the book anyway, but I'm guessing, because Hollywood loves green shit. They love, you know, uh, electric cars and, and stuff like that. Like in the um, in the Watchmen movie, there was a bunch of stuff in the background about pollution-free cars and electric cars and stuff like that. And there was a bunch of stuff in uh, Batman versus Superman. Like Bruce Wayne wasn't living in Wayne Manor. He was living in... Um, uh, uh, the lake house that had like solar panels and uh, hydropower was, uh, you know, that's how he got his electricity. And 
They, they love that shit. So they're going to eat Green Loop up. And I'm betting, I'm betting here, or I'm predicting, they are going to use their green technology to defeat the Bigfoots. Okay? I'm calling it right now. They're going to use their solar panels to power something to destroy the Sasquatches, uh, which is pretty fucking close to what happened in the book. So, um, I mark my words, that's going to happen. And I'm guessing they're going to tone down the violence quite a bit. Uh, some of the violence was pretty over the top. I mean, you had these giant apes basically attacking people and it was pretty gruesome. Uh, they, you know, didn't stand a chance against these, you know, physically superior beings and uh, pretty much got uh, ripped apart, broken necks, stuff like that. Uh, that's not going to happen. This, I'm betting it's going to be a PG-13 movie. They're going to tone down the violence. Uh, they're going to increase the, uh, the green uh, solar power stuff and probably going to cut a lot of the female Bigfoots out. So that's kind of, those are some of my main predictions. I have a couple of little ones too. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to treat it like they did World War Z and just basically, you know, the book and the movie are going to have the same name and that's going to be about it. But we'll see. I think, I think probably just from what I kind of know about movies and movie making, I think they're probably going to adapt the book pretty pretty close because I think they're going to be able to do it pretty cheap. Uh, really, the most expensive thing for for this adaption is going to be the Bigfoots, which they can probably do. See, they'll probably do a mixture of CGI and um, some costumes, some practical effects. But I'm thinking they're probably going to go ahead and adapt the book because it seems to me like it's pretty. It's a pretty cost effective. Um, adaption to make it's pretty cheap really all they need is um you know some houses and a nice uh rural setting you know a nice little uh cul-de-sac and um just yeah it's it's not going to be a very expensive movie to make so i'm hoping uh they stick pretty close to the book uh maybe throw a little bit more action in a little bit less uh slow burn at the beginning but anyway, guys, uh, I think I'm going to call it good there. Those are my thoughts on Devolution. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold by Max Brooks. Son of Mel Brooks, surprisingly. It's not really a comedy. Not a lot of funny uh, stuff in the book. It's mostly um, kind of a thriller. Uh, I enjoyed the book. I really did. But I, there were some slow parts to it. Uh, if I picked the book up again, I would probably literally skip to about the halfway mark in the book and start reading there. So anyway, take that for what it's worth. Uh, maybe you'll decide uh, just to rent the book instead of buying it. And uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed my review. I hope it wasn't too rambling. I did have some notes here that I read from, but uh, I know I was jumping around quite a bit and got on a couple of tangents. Uh, hopefully I'll have another episode here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, not really sure what it's going to be about, but uh, I'll figure it out. Anyway, you guys uh, be safe out there and uh, uh, keep on keeping on. Thank you.